Welcome. WSQF Blink Radio. It's Mac on the Rock Monday with the radio socialist Alejandro, who thinks he's so freaking cool. You know, he's that generation that's like, hey, dude, I'm cool, and, you know, this is my world, and you're just walking by. You guys invented that. Uh, we invented how... Actually, no, that, that came a little bit older. That was the first people to think like that were the beatniks. Yeah, the hippies. Yeah. But now you guys are full on board, 100% narcissist because of your social media. You guys all think you're movie stars. I try to compete, and I can't. I can't get us more oh, than, oh, more than oh. the same 4,000 so, followers. Sounds like that's where the animus is coming from. Yeah, I, I want to be a social media hero. An influencer. And man, the stuff that I post doesn't get any traction. Now, of course, I was told that stuff of my, some of my stuff is really good stuff, man. And uh, But what I don't understand is how come you don't say, follow me, subscribe to me. And it's not in me to do it. Otherwise, I would do it. But it just, it doesn't work out that way for me. I just, uh, my authenticity in producing my stuff you know, I must admit, it's, some of it is original, some of it is cut and pay, some of it is commenting on the news. You know, I, I film the actual news, and I record it, and then I add my two cents in, and I post them. And uh, I just don't get any traction. Uh, it just tells me that I'm not food for thought in today's social media world. People just want to talk about uh, events. They don't want to talk about uh, ideas. They just want events and cool stuff and and I don't know. Uh, they want they want uh, funny stuff and nonsense stuff. And I find myself sometimes watching the most benign videos. They've got two or three million uh, views. The most recent was a dog, a stray dog, big dog, stray dog wandering around at a car wash and you know the big fans that clean the car you know not the fans the big brushes wet brushes and that the uh, the the dog knew to park underneath the brush and get himself a cleaning with and he up and down the brush and uh you know he has done it before obviously and had no fear he got underneath it he got a massage and underneath it said hey when Opportunity approach yourself. Take it. Man, 2,000 views. And it's just a dog in a car wash. <laughs> you know, you're just like, the dog just walks right up to the car wash. He and waits. The point is, is that it's like fabricating or not. Yeah, fab- fun. It's or, fun or, or stuff. Or doing yourself as a brand is kind of how it works on social media. Like, you kind of have to present an identity, present a parasocial relationship is what the term is. Oh, is please that, explain what parasocial identity is. Relationship. Um, it's primarily where people who are listening on the, um, your podcast, your Twitch, your stream, whatever it is, like they feel like you are their friend. Oh, so I'm not on those platforms. So, I'm... Well, they can happen through anything, but it's like this feeling of you're with them. Like they're looking at... Yeah, one of you. Yeah, they're one of you. That Gee, you've created so an identity I... or... A concept of being. Great. That, so I'm just an island all to myself. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll keep on cranking them out. There's over 200 on my channel. Mac on the Rock Rampage. Look it up. Where I'm trying to save the world. 
And I come up with ideas in a book. I build a radio station that was quite complicated to do on 94.5, live streamed on WSQFRadios.com. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, and maybe I'll have like four followers. But for people my age, 58 or so, 50 to 60 to 70, I'm hoping you find the stuff that I say, predict, analyze, frustrated about, uh, visionary concepts that I come up with that I you know wrote about in my book that I mention with you quite often. Hopefully that stuff is, uh, you find that interesting. Otherwise, I just, back to the Senator Fetterman here on Blink Radio, where I just mumble, stumble, and hope to be saved by the radio socialist. Did you see what happened in Brazil yet, um, yesterday? Yeah, I can see how the lefty press here in the United States has already called it another insurrection. I mean, what's funny to me is that they tried doing the same thing. Like, there yeah, was copycat. A, there but, was literally a guy dressed up. As the um, the Kieranon shaman, as he's dubbed. Oh, the shaman with the horns and Someone a... did a Brazilian version of that. Oh, my God, with his nipple rings on. But, like, it, I don't know what they were thinking or what they hoped to accomplish. Like, it really feels the problem with this sort of populism is it constantly trusts, like, a buffoonish lead toward politics. While I think it's good to, quote-unquote, rally the troops... Or find your base or work on your rhetoric. I, I think How about that, just simple success that people don't really want? A lot of people are, are, lots of people, not just a half plus one. The vast majority of the human race fears a change it seeks. Therefore, doesn't really like poverty. Doesn't really like prosperity. So what is it, folks? Either... We live in good economic times where we all have an opportunity to come out of the... Yeah, but if you're born in poverty, you don't really get the same opportunities as those who aren't. That is not true. That's My father was born in poverty. You live... My father was born in poverty. Grotesque poverty. My father's shower was down the hall. And you got to have all of his success. I've got to inherit... His work ethic, his uh, gonads, his desire to make things better, his desire to persevere, the concepts. Otherwise, I'll be living under a bridge. And but, just- but even so, Cubans had better opportunities as immigrants coming into the country than other immigrant groups. I can tell you, my father, my grandfather, who was of Polish ancestry, um, nobility, and all of that title was a British Royal Air Force pilot, was simply not let into the country. Because he was Polish. No, he wasn't, because he was an Air Force pilot, and he was probably intelligence. He probably had stuff that uh, somebody somewhere didn't put on his computer, uh, on his immigration profile. I, excuse me if I say computer, because probably in those days... The, the, they were big things that took a whole room, that yeah, yeah. printed out cards. Okay, so forgive me, uh, yeah, it's no. not a computer like you and I understand it, but... But, like, but very somewhere. much, like, the attitude was is that this is a group of people who might be more likely to be spies. You know, the Cubans did not have this, you know, border to entry as other immigrant groups did. So there always is, with success, there is an opportunity, you know, more or less a privilege, if you will. 
that allows people to The only privilege we had was America denying itself its manifest destiny in 1959. And really blowing it up. Why weren't there more like Brooker T. Washingtons after slavery ended? You know, like... They were. But the thing is, is that we can't think about individuals when doing policy. This is crazy talk. Like, we we, we don't uh, run a country based on what one guy might get. Because the problem with that is, is that that doesn't... Like, you know, that doesn't meet people's needs. When we just think about, well, this guy got really successful, why can't the rest of you? Because there are certain realities that, like, aren't just impacted for it. Like, you're going to need someone to be janitors. You're going to need someone to do yeah, dirty Yeah, but those work. are all choice decisions. Yeah, no, I, my no uncle, we need them. We need them. My, mo- we need my, those my mother's brother came to the United States actually earlier than my father and came in 60. He was already here, like, at 55. And guess what? He wasn't under the arrest of uh, immigration, political, Cuban missile crisis, Bay of Pigs. He was already over here before Castro even uh, started blowing up the stuff. And guess what? He resorted himself to happy-go-lucky, fine guy, great uncle, very jovial. But he was a janitor for the Los Angeles public school system his whole freaking life and got his pension Never bothered anybody, never amounted any kind of fortune, just happily married, married a a girl he wasn't supposed to marry, so he kind of eloped with her, and guess where he eloped to? The United States. And I remember knowing him and loving him just like I would love all the the uncles I did, did not get to meet, because not all of my uncles made it out of Cuba. Some of them were actually revolutionaries and communists, but... It's just a desire, man. The only way to get out of poverty is to really want no, to get out. No, because poverty is systemic. Not if you're... If no, you're, it's not. When, when, it's when, systemic. Do you know why markets crashed in Brazil just now? Because Kami got no, the power. No, because Lula said he was going to end poverty. He and was going to end privatization. So that this scared is where, invest- This is where you're lying. No, I'm not. He literally said this, and this he, was the response. He, he canceled privatization efforts that were going on to shed some of the government agencies. Of course, he might have given a speech. Of course, he might have said something about uh, doctrinal, we're going to eliminate poverty. So did Castro. He said, let's eliminate poverty. And guess what? Everybody got poor. That's the, always the product of statism. What he did Government was cancel the privatization at- of eight state-owned companies. Hello? That's a sign to the private sector, my friend. This is where you got to no, run. but what, what we see this is, is that no, no. What we see is that certain countries prepared. find poverty advantageous. You find and poverty advantageous. Were, yes. No, Democrats find poverty advantageous. Keep you all poor. You keep on voting for me because I'll keep on promise you no uh, stuff, and then you'll keep on voting then, for me. What's the point? What's the point of voting for the right if they don't give you anything? You have to vote for the right for like seventy years. They voted. Oh, the, you know, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. Well, no. The right the, wing is a pyramid scheme. Democrats Thank you for admitting it. Democrats have, have had power for 70 no, years. No, that's not true anymore because um, during the Bush years, there was a time where There's they owned no the Congress and the Senate. Yes, there was. Why are we going to keep on having these shows if you are pointing facts out to you so that you can't keep on saying no, those things? You're the one There's who no I, such no, thing you're the one as who Bush years. You're constantly had to point when out facts. Eight, you're the one who will say uh, something that's been passed around on social media. That has no backing. That's in not new true. St- yes, it is. No, because you're you, on you social put- media. I'm not. What? You're on social no, media. No, I'm not. I'm not. The problem that you, you are always going to have with me is that just like you saw a big fight over the rules in the House that 
Pelosi left behind, and we weren't going to accept that McCarthy inherits these rules because we ain't we ain't, de- we ain't Democrats. So we spent 15 votes pressuring him to change the rules so he doesn't have much power as Speaker. He just moved uh, people around and demand that this person be on the committee and that person be on the committee. But rules matter. And for 60 years, I've already told you many times, you can't keep on repeating yourself because then you're looking foolish because you're not even learning what I already know. You think it's rhetorical. It's not. You think I'm uh, dogmatic, perhaps, until uh, until you... I won't be around long enough for you to prove me wrong, but I won't be around for another 70 years, so you'll never be able to prove me wrong because I'll be dead. But... Democrats have controlled spending in this country for 60 freaking years. So there's no such thing as Bush years, father or son, Literally Reagan Bush years. Literally, Bush Jr. years, there was a Republican he majority had, in the Congress and the Senate. In 1994. And then Trump got a majority, too. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Look at Google the freaking thing. I'm looking at it you right have to now. Have, you have to have... For you to say yes, that. look right here. Okay, even in, okay in 1997 and 1995, there was a majority in both places. In 1994, in Republicans in got a majority. And only then once in again, the there was in 2001 to 2005. No, and then once again, look at the I, number. Yes, right here, I'm but looking at the number. I sent you that. No, I got this right now. Okay, I sent you that. That's exactly what I sent you. Yes. And now you're seeing it with, what, what you're talking about is the blue area. No, no, it's the blue area, which Read goes it. on from Read 1953 it. to no. 1981. That is the period you are talking about of Democrat domination. Okay, but go yes. scroll back but to 1911. After that, no, after go that, back. Republicans have taken power. So, by your own admission, we have never held power. You're in denial. It's a lie that you keep saying. Dude, that's I, a- I, ha- I have this right now. Okay, but scroll back to 1911. Look at the dominance. Look. Look at all that blue. Keep but, on going yeah, back. But it doesn't matter. It you does. You guys have taken power. Yes. And no. Yes, you did. Take By power. By your own admission. Take power means, uh, not even now is power. Uh, but so anyway. unless all of the seven planets align, unless the proper, you know, divinely senators, inspired king takes all seven senators, points, you will not consider Republicans six, having any sort of power I will control. repeat. This is an admission on your part. No. Yes. It, you don't, you're ignoring legislative law. Legislative law that controls committees in majority. In other words, if there's 11 members to a committee, they would have the majority of them in the committee before stuff even gets to the floor to be voted upon. If you look at the history of how we got here, the the Democrats have had 60 senators, either by use or by threat, but they had 60 or more. It's how Obamacare was passed. It's how Social Security was passed. It's how income tax was passed. It's how the Amendment 17 was passed, so they can go on to the states. The Democrats not only had that, but they also had those, the duplication in the majority of the 50 states until 1994, when Newt Gingrich got the majority for the first time in 28 years. You know what damage he had to correct in one freaking term? He did. He handed it to Clinton. And Clinton preserved, force-fed, a surplus, because we were dignified enough to, to do what's best for our country, and we gave it to him, and he somehow preserved it, and then came 9-11. Boom! And everything went back to whack, to the point where Trump never had 60 senators. 
He had 51, and only for two turn, for two years. In the second two years, he lost to 51 to 50-50 that we have today. And it gets, that tie gets broken by the vice president, which is now a Democrat. Un, uh, uh, originally, it was, it was broken by Pence, so there wasn't too much damage. But 50% of the federal budget in deficit right now has occurred under Pelosi's reign as no, speaker. No, but so that doesn't even make Look sense. Look how he because, interrupted. No, it's by, not that it makes sense. Admission, the, the surplus has disappeared. I'm not, telling you, I'm not telling you as if it's rhetorical. I'm telling you based on facts. The facts are that government has been in control by one party since 1911. But the facts don't even align with that right now. You're looking at it right now. Yes. You're giving it to because me. I read what you're there looking at. There are 12 at. years of a Republican-owned House That's not that true. aligned with in 10 not, years of a Republican-owned Senate. But so say, they had power time out. for if 10 years. If you're going to talk to the audience, you're not going to treat them like fools. When you said the Republican controlled the House, it's 1994 till? 1994 to 2007. Okay. Before 1994, who was in power? Yeah, but that was the that's period. That's No, is. but that's the period no. of Republican power. No. Yes. Because this no. is No. This, si- this is a simple no. rhetorical tactic no. of every single time Democrats you can't are name. doing good things. You guys scare you longer never, about the deficit. You this guys is the never technique. Have is you done scare anything longer good. about the deficit. What have you done good? Social Security? That was terrible. A created You're just straight up wrong. Yes, you, you, you guys tried getting rid of Social Security. It's all you too late now. You would never win. You and would never win another tra- election. You would never win another election. It's a trail of tears. I agree with you. But don't tell me that was good. Reti- it was good. No, it wasn't. It helps people who are retired. It's a net grain for society. It's a, su- a great supplemental. It just bankrupted the country and kept a lot of people from saving. Millions of people refused to save because they're dumb. It's all hell. And they believe they're going to retire so Social Security. So I'm the one who's insulting the audience, but you're the one who's actually called you, the common person dumb. You, Got it. This is what they think of you. Listen yes, carefully because they you're will the common, If you're a common schmo, shmeel and shmazel, and you're my age, and you're, and you're his age, and you think you're going to retire on Social Security, you're a dumbass. Period. 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 And there's been 65 years of Americans, in vast majority, thinking they're going to retire on Social Security, only to find themselves in the situation they're in today. No savings, renting, and guess what? They have to move out of the town they grew up with, therefore they don't get to meet their grandkids, they don't get to even spend any time, they live out in the boom, the, the boom, 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 where they can afford, I don't know, government housing, and that's over and over and over and over and over, all over the country. It's so sad, and it started by... FDR and the, the favorite, multiplied the, the, by LBJ. everyone's favorite American president by far. Absolutely, he bandoozled all of us, and he's our second worst president other than JFK. And there, there you can attack me on my personal opinion, but the other stuff where I talk about you, would you please tell me, do the audience a favor so they don't think that I'm lying to them because I wrote about this stuff. Go to that same. Uh, I used to. I love that. I sent that all over the world. I don't know how many times because it's a government document. Before that, nineteen ninety four uh, upheaval where we controlled the House. Notice in nineteen ninety four we did not have the Senate, but we just did the House so we could st- slow down spending. How many? What? What was the dominance of the re- of the Democrats before nineteen ninety four? That dominance goes all the way back. Well, that's something I wrote. From nineteen ninety three, as far back as nineteen fifty five. Okay. Thank God. 
Otherwise, you were deceived by the radio socialists. And everything that we talked about happened in those times. In 1994, we stopped. We got everybody off welfare. We got a bunch of people, and we started having a surplus. Everybody freaked out. And then we go, wow, it was possible. Yes, it was possible. And guess what happened? Little did we know, it was percolating because Clinton didn't want to take down the people he needed to take down. Al Gore, his vice president, told him, hey, there's a guy that, that Oliver North talked to me about when I was in Congress, when I was, uh, uh, sorry, when I was a senator from um, from Tennessee, there was a guy named Osama bin Laden, and he was out to get us. And he didn't fire cannons at him, he didn't shoot him down, he didn't kill him, he did nothing. And then the only thing he did do was, and I admired Bill Clinton for this, he went, he went after Milosevic and we talked about that. He slammed, he slammed him hard in the division of the Yugoslavia because there was a genocide going on. But as far as terror, it was just percolating. Who armed um, the Muhammadjian? We, uh, Bush Sr. And, and Reagan. There. But Do you the, know who was in the Muhammadjian at that time? Osama. Yes. That's where he, and he was CIA trained, apparently. And more reason for him to be on our radar. But I'm not really even, I'm not so willing to say that the boogeyman, Osama bin Laden, you know, pulled off 9-11 all by himself. I believe he was part of the bin Laden family. He had a grotesque amount of money and access. Uh, the Saudis do own four, four or so percent of the stock market in the various Fortune 500 companies that they own one, two, three, four, five percent of. They're very knowledgeable. I sent you an article that I just read recently, and I suggest all of you all to do it. Can you look on the inbox on the book, on the article I told you called The Heist? Yeah, that's on my phone. It's an incredible expose. I just read it. It's been around for a while, but I was it was finally sent to me, and I took the time and read it. It took me all morning, because, uh, you, know, you know, I read like John Fetterman, too. And... Uh, my God, the connecting of the dots of all the people who knew those planes were coming was disastrously stu- stupid of all of us. We all were just had. They made it look like it was uh, an action out of nowhere, organized by Osama bin Laden, blah, blah, blah. Man, everybody and their mother, including those of you who hated George Bush because they hated Dick Cheney, People in his fear of influences knew, he knew, they all knew. Bankers, insurance companies, Wall Street people, everybody knew these these things were going to happen to us. And they picked the perfect time. The, what was it, the gentle conservative, George Bush Sr. Compassionate conservative. The compassionate conservative. And boom, they struck. And the world has changed. They poked the bear. What's interesting is that liberals really miss Bush Jr. And I think it's because... People often say he was really fiery with his rhetoric, but domestically he wasn't. He didn't really make enemies out of Democrats. He was much more eager to make enemies out of other nations. However, he was really willing to play dirty during the primaries. Ah, he didn't have he didn't have the stiff competition that that Trump had. Trump was nasty from the get go because he knew that as nastier, the nastier he got, the more coverage he would get. And therefore, didn't have to take out any ads. All he had to do was spend money on gasoline for that plane and let everybody just talk about him all day because he was as nasty as he could be. And that's what I 
expressed to Governor DeSantis, I, you know, leave the guy alone. It's his day in the sun. If Trump is not reelected and you run against him, you're going to come out of there tar and feathered. And if you come out of the primary, you'll probably be so, so, so beat up with all kinds of rhetoric because he'll throw it at you like make everything stick to you. You won't be an effective president. You'll probably lose to Biden. And unfortunately, we want you to stay in Florida. You're young enough that you can wait it out. Maybe he even hands it to you in 2024, play ball with him, because if we don't reelect Trump in 2024, we're condoning what they did to him. And what they did to him, they really did to us, because your folk are starving right now. No work, no job, expensive gas, rent out of control. Everybody's got to go move to the boondocks. Just to- I, I would much more blame the Democrats within the, the party who sabotaged the uh, minimum wage rage. I think cinema, well, you, you cinema can, and um, Joe Manchin are much more to blame right now than Trump, quite honestly. Well, it's all got erased by $1.7 trillion that was passed. It's, and once, I, once again, I don't think that matters. Oh, my God. You have no idea what $1.7 trillion is. It's such grotesque it's spending a phantom. that I think the... It's a phantom. I think the mint was going to run out of the ink. It's so many dollars. And most of it is really the payoff previous... Uh, government bonds. And a lot of people, you know how a lot of people who uh, cheaply say on my side of the political arena, oh, China owns us, China owns us. No, turkeys, no. China, Japan, and Brazil are one, two, and three in purchases of government bonds. But you know who's number one? Sorry, that's one, two, and three as foreign buyers. But you know who's number one? The American citizen. The hedge funds, the pension funds, the money movers, they buy over 80% of all U.S. government bonds from the five-year to the 10-year to the 30-year, okay? So we are being broken from within, and we're just buying these bonds just because they give us one, two, three, four percent da, da, da. In inflationary times, it's going up because the interest rate's going up, so bonds is a place to put your money because it's no longer taking out mortgages. Now, mortgages were incredibly low throughout the Obama administration, throughout the Trump administration. I think Trump, like, uh, threatened the Federal Reserve guy, hey, 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 there's no reason for this. I'll fix this on this side. And that's where the tax cut comes. When you tax cut people, they have money to invest back in their businesses because they don't want to be broke. And their wife's not going to give up the Mercedes-Benz. They have to make more money. And guess where they're going to get the money? From the tax cut. And they employ a bunch of people. And then there, if you allowed it to go 50 years, which is my point, you let Trump's economy go 50 years, guess what? The minimum wage will be $25. It's that simple. There'll be that much prosperity. Minimum wage can go up. Because when you raise the minimum wage, guess who starves? The working class. Because they can't go to McDonald's. Is there any evidence for that? It's already happened right now. Right now. Minimum wage is been, uh, it was increased under Trump. It was increased under Bush. I think it was increased twice under Bush. It was uh, increased uh, once or maybe twice under Obama. And today, the hamburger's too expensive. You got to split the hamburger among three kids now. It's not funny. Because what we're saying is, oh, yeah, the rich get richer. No, man. 
The rich are always going to get richer because there's always going to be a place to move their money. And guess what? You become unemployed. You don't get hired. Do you remember when Obamacare had, uh, I think it was the 60 rule that said, if you got more, um, tell me if I'm wrong on the number, but you should research this because I might be wrong. There was an Obamacare rule that if you have more than 60 employees, you had to give them all Obamacare. You had to make it available to them or regular insurance, either or. You know how many 59-person companies were formed and split so there would be 10 59s instead of one company with thousands of employees? Because the person did not have it in his books or didn't want to take his wife's Mercedes away. So yeah, here's what happens is that I'm looking at it now, is that an increase in minimum wage makes workers more productive. However, for one year, it doesn't necessarily make um, companies more profitable. Okay, so what you're siding with me or not siding with me? No, what I'm saying is that like what we're getting is a different answer. What what can't be proved is how productive each individual. How do you measure that across the whole United States? It's individual. There's some people like my cousin who entered delivery at. Uh, what was it, a UPS, or I, I would hate to misquote him. I know it's not Federal Express, and I know it's not DHL, so it's probably UPS. He entered as a delivery driver. He was offered an opportunity after years of loyalty So here's another to thing. go into here, law school for them. Here's another and thing. And he chose corporate uh, sales. And here's today another he's thing living, is that it makes companies more selective Loka. with who they hire over long term because they're more likely to weed out employees who aren't working as hard for their money. So it sounds like overall, it's a more productive net gain for companies when it comes to handling their employees, because it makes them find people who are going to be here. Reduced turnover is a good thing because departure of employees at any performance level is a cost for business. The study didn't estimate the potential value of reduced turnover, so it's hard to say if it's sufficient to the offset of lower profits, but that remains a possibility. Okay. So th- there it has ultimately some... helps the company find out who's going to be working better for it. And ultimately, it makes them work more. But the real issue is that... But those companies do not have uh, which is, it's, it's, a propensity I, for I, I've having... I've actually heard small business guys talk about the fact that they want to pay their employees well because... Yeah, they, it they, relieves they, they a lot of grief. That. So they yeah. talk about that because so they want study, people to be able to... That study is probably... If you ask... That study, who they actually were polling or researching, they're not companies that have a lot of minimum wage employees. I know for me, for instance, I can't have minimum wage. The only time I have minimum wage is when I'm doing a young high school student some kind of uh, opportunity f- for part time, you know, to come in after school or something. Those those people are on minimum wage. But even then, as a, uh, I can't say it's a favor because they have, the, I, you know, I put a lot of responsibility on them. I actually want them it, to it just feels work, like, but uh, I can't depend on a minimum wage employee. He's got other factors going on. It just doesn't feel like a lot of the time when I hear the minimum wage conversation and there's all this talk about government handouts and all this inflation, like companies like Walmart, what they do is they pay their workers below minimum wage and then they train their employees on how to take free benefit programs from the government. So we are already benefiting. Well, no one. We are already. But they're breaking mistake. the law by having. Is it, 
um, subsidizing companies which are already doing minimum wage. So well, I know, it, it's I know. The point, for like, instance, when I think like, maybe we can do a heightened minimum wage for companies like Walmart or other big I don't retail think, chains. I don't think labor law allows you to have a minimum wage that isn't across the board. Have. Perhaps, but there could be discussions about these sorts of things. Because when we're I see raise, our, 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 our the biggest companies who are most afraid of raising minimum wage are, are the massive ones in size, yes, and taking advantage Publix, of Walmart. Yeah, the, they're taking advantage and taking. They are taking money. advantage of minimum wage. So it, it's to me, it, it feels like a no-brainer that like you raise the minimum wage to keep up with inflation. Well, right now you've got a good case for yourself because those companies as well as uh, what was heard in the news about airline companies, they all took PPP loans. Therefore, they're they're already taking billions in aid and they found out they put it in their pockets and expanded their businesses and didn't necessarily kept or keep the employees that they said they would. But then again, how do you keep an employee who's just got a bunch of COVID relief? How do you keep him working when he wants to go home? He gets 300 bucks a week. It's, You'd rather get 300 bucks a week doing nothing than get 600 bucks a week and have to bust his ass. That's the serious nature of it. And guess what? Subconsciously, subconsciously, that same person who wants to sit on his butt for 300 bucks instead of 600 bucks busting his ass, that guy subconsciously thinks that he'll be employed the rest of his life. He's not planning to make any kind of riches and he has the right to not, but he... Back of his mind, he's got you saying, oh, it's okay, you're going to get your Social Security. That's the problem I have. Well, here's the thing. Even raising the minimum wage in its current level would get 900,000 p- workers, like people who do work, out of poverty. And this would um, stop about 1,200 suicides. Well, guess what? So I can't really dispute have- that, but I don't believe it. Uh, minimum wage has gone up. This is a Berkeley study that I'm looking oh, at right here. Oh, don't tell me that. Just lie to me. Don't tell me Berkeley. I mean, I'm not... That's the University of the Moscow. That's Moscow University. That's the thing. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you what I'm reading. I'm going to tell you my facts. I'm well, going to tell you Berkeley my studies. Well, Berkeley sucks. It's a, it's a I, common... I, I, don't, I don't talk it's out of... It's a common university. I don't Come talk on. out of my pie hole. I, you have a pie hole? The other trans- I, I'm implying the other hole. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Because, um, you know, Chandrenzer, you know, if you have the sex change during the course of we doing the show, I hope you tell the audience that you're now a he, she. Uh, no, it would just be, I would be like, hello, my name is Alejandro. My Alejandra. Is she, her. Same with me. I can be Manuela. Manuela, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's easier with being Spanish that you can just put the uh at the end of yeah, your name. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like when you don't know anybody in a Hispanic neighborhood, just say, Ito! And everybody will wave to you. Ita! Everybody will wave to you. That's just the, the, the real deal. We have a serious problem in this country that Americans don't get until they're in food lines. You know, because here's the thing I think we'll both agree on. 1.7 trillion was just passed. Here's the thing that I think we'll both agree on. The biggest flat-out problem that the United States has that, in all fairness, mostly began with the greatest generation after World War II was the complete importation of all America's industry jobs, and especially being tied in by Clinton's NAFTA. Um, Ooh, you had an epiphany. No, is that we only have a service industry in this country. A consumer service industry. That's the problem with the American economy. The so brains and the I, I, I would agree when you talk about, all oh, the problem with China, the problem with China, I'm like, yeah, because China has homegrown industries. We don't. Well, ch- no, ch- time out. 
When you say homegrown, it means that they just had a cut-and-paste industry that was given to them by the U.S. production. Say, hey, make this stuff for us. We'll but buy but it. if everyone, for some reason, on the planet, just one day, hypothetical that I think is pretty well-grounded, considering how certain international attitudes are going, if, like, let's say we get, like, the most hated president ever, like a guy... We just had him. His name was Donald J. Trump. You couldn't stand him. Yeah, but I'm like a guy who's so odious to the international community, like he manages to offend everyone. And That's he, Donald J. Trump. Then you're kind of proving my point here. But no, well, I, on, lo- I on, love them. Hold, hold, hold on, but like, look, we get a president so odious that he alienates the international community, and they can all how do I say like maneuver with each other to cut us off. Like this is something that I feel conservatives should be on board. Was that like we need more. How do I not? In, we need more industrial independence because what I see is that China's the one making all of the negotiations with certain countries, especially in Europe. Especially, especially Latin America. Especially in Australia. Australia is practically, you know, Chinese owned at this point um, in certain the ways. The United States is. But, like, you know, we need it in a way to produce our own wealth because yeah, here's something that's a thing I think capitalists do, do well. You know what you do? You tax cut for 20 30 years not four like we just did Dude, 20 something years tax cutting you tax cut the hell out of this country everybody will use that money to come back to the united states because as much as you say it's cheap labor which is grotesquely true in china i mean you're talking about 50 60 bucks a week for two fam- for two people to work okay you come back to this country if you promise them sustained tax cuts for a long period of time to make sure that that number goes to zero, that uh, that the earnings ratio. Could goes. we also do that while simultaneously making a strong protected worker base here? Because guess the, what? I think we can. You'd have to get the left out of the public school system, and that means universities—they're massive. No, no, I, 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 I want to blow up the private university sector. Like in all honesty, yeah, yeah uh, that's right. something that well, I would at actually, least at least you stick to your gun so you can stay as the radio socialist. So, uh, unfortunately, when it comes to private universities, I can't even think of maybe one or two conservative private universities because they're just as pinko as the public ones. But it goes back to that statement I said the, uh, many moons ago. That, like- 38%, 38% of a 22 to $25 trillion economy is the government you, ecosystem. You know, it's probably the crazy truth. Is that government is that, is that we might we might have a better, you know... More likely charter school thing, but like that's slow. But hold on, but like the funny thing is that secondary education might be better to be more nationalized or more less profit driven. Is I think might be the funny truth because if you think about you it, know what you, people, you, know, you people know what's on the wrong? left are really people on the left are really strongly advocating that uh, trade schools and whatnot be more financially it, backed. After I, you I, run, after you ran them out of town, yeah. Now you want them back. Reminds me of your education. You tell me I did what I was told, and then I'm now 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 I'm not skilled to do anything. Well, you know, you bought into the storyline. But the, the, the reason problem is, why is that there's not out. another study. Let me there's finish. Not story. The reason why American educational system, as vast and profound that it is in terms of money dedicated to it, we're still the nation of innovation. But for the vast majority who get degrees. It's too high a price to pay. Why? Once again, and this is not an if, ands, or but. It's not even rhetorical, and it's not even my opinion. 
It is a fact that tuitions have skyrocketed ever since the government gave away student aid and student loans and grants and scholarships. Why? The university knows they're going to get the money whether the kid flunks or not. And they're going to get the money whether the kid is educated or not. They're going to get the money because it comes from the government. Well, government has wrongly got involved in education. And it took off. Same with Jimmy Carter when he created the, uh, the Federal Department of Education and made it a cabinet-level position. The moment he gave but, but it a there, cabinet there's level... A re- there's a certain truth if you look at... You're reading co- it in my book now. He's but reading there, my book, by a, the way. There's a truth that other countries, that like particularly with more demanding... Um, there's no other country other like, than the like United China States. China does much better at math than everyone pretty much in the Western world, for example. And spelling... And yeah. they come to the United and States and, and kick our and that ass is too. Not a privatized system, like it's a nationalist system. Exactly. But they screen TikTok, they screen the internet, they screen. They don't allow you the open mind. You learn what they learn, what they want you to learn. And guess what? They stick to the the, the nuts and bolts: reading, writing, and arithmetic, because they are a statist nation. When it comes to the the benefits of having our authoritative society. One thing is for certain, you're going to war whether you like it or not. They're going to draft you whether you like it or not. You're going to go to this part of town whether you like it or not. They're going to keep you from going to this part of town whether you like it or not. And if they allow you to go, they allow you to go for a couple of days. And then you better get back on the train and head back to your but hometown. Or they're going to put you in the slammer. And guess what? The that, brightest mind. that came from like the, the, poverty, in remember China. The, remember. the poverty in China was hardcore. So they don't it still is hardcore. Much less How many than it was people before, are starving in China? Would you ever know? Let's look up the malnutrition. Let's look up malnutrition rates. Oh, from like, the communist country, let's see, let's see how, how outlandish it is. Go ahead. Remember, well, there's 1.4 billion it, 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 people question, over there. It's a question of paternalism. No, it isn't. It's yes, a it question is. of population. The vast majority, I would say, 80 to 90% of China is starving with not even having three meals a day. And guess what? It's more likely that they're not going to report that fact accurately unless we got the information by ourselves and we hacked into their computers for the, for the sake of what I do not know. But as in Cuba, as in China, as in Russia, and all the other authoritarian countries like North Korea and such, we'll never know how, so it says how really 15, disgustingly poor they are. 150 million people are malnourished in China. Um in 56. So in 1956? No, in 56 million in rural areas live in poverty. So what all going to happen Wait, 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 wait. You're, you know, give the audience a break here. If I don't understand you, they don't either. Who, how many people are, are poor in ab- abject poverty? In um, rural areas in China, what I'm seeing here... 56%. I, 56 million people. So that's not 56%. Yeah, I, I don't... I, if you would tell me 560 million, I'd believe it, but 56 million, no way. That's how many are, are in abject poverty what in the United States. What we have here is among children, what I'm seeing right here among children is um, around, what seems to be consistent is like um, 19%, okay, we have 9%, we have 56 the numbers million. are presented weird here, so pardon yeah, me. not weird, it's just 9% lying. is stunting children with how malnourished they are, 9%, and 19% um, is anemia. So, you know, what we've seen is, this is right here, um, remarkable um, progress in poverty and social development. Um, they've lift, um, 
They've reduced their global hunger rate by two thirds. Oh my god! So and you believe that? This is you, uh, the yeah World, World Health Food Program program. Yeah, and let's see who they are because it's well, a, I believe be, it's important to figure United out Nation, where you're getting your United your Nations World Food Program is United Nations World Bank and all that. They have every reason to to, to paint a rosy picture there. Come on, we have 56 million starving right now in the United States, and this is a very advanced country. And believe me, there's parts of town in right here in South Florida where people are starving. Uh, you know what I did today? Uh, I was in Hialeah today. Congratulate me because I haven't crossed the bridge. I need a standing ovation because me going to Hialeah, uh, home, home of my homies, I went there. And the long lines to get Costco gas was mind-boggling, as if there was like an embargo. People standing to save the 40 cents, the 20 cents a gallon, whatever they were saving. So th- this is the number in the United People States. People are starving here. that um, 12% of American households are food insecure. I, don't, I, I believe that number is too low. This that, is that's the, a scam. This is the um, USDA, the United States Department of... Agriculture, so it's. Yeah, I'll so accept it's, that, but it's probably in the twenties. So here's the thing: how I feel is that like, you can't personal responsibility your way out of a situation you have no coping tools for. Okay, and what are you saying with that? Who's is supposed that, to give you the coping tools if not your us, parents? The government, people no! in democracy. Yes, your parents, your community, your church, your YMCA, your teachers, your, your coaches, your community. Yes, I, I would hold that. But it, in some part, it takes... Not the government. Half the people in the government are, are just as foolish and stupid as the people they're trying to help. My God. Have you ever figured out your friends? Because there's an age difference here. Do you have a, a contingent of friends that you know are private sector and government sector? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever asked, done like a little study among you among you guys without offending anybody? Because, you know, everybody's like super hypertensive, you know, about being offended. You need to study. You more than me. I think I, I missed that opportunity because like everybody my age is already, you know, completely kaput. Uh, I don't know too many people who work for the government, but the ones I do know that are my age are not even close to creative, expressive, articulate, emboldened. They don't have strong positions. And I'm a coffee drinker that hangs out and chats with people in the street all the time. I like to hang out. Well, we're, we're just Cuban. We're Cuban. That's how we are. I hang out in the we're corner. <laughs> I love to go to 8th Street and hang out at the Domino Park. And I don't play dominoes worth a damn, but I sit down and I play dominoes just to hear the chatter. I mean, I like that. In the middle of the day. I used to do that a lot more when I was a cigar smoker. And I, they took it away from me in, in 2021. So I can't say that that's, that's the old me. I don't go to the street like I do before. But I still have my coffee and I hang out with the same folks. And I know who, I can tell who's like me, who's not like me, who's like my father, who wasn't like my father, my father's peers. I can figure it out. But what I'm asking you is to do it now at your age. Find out what's uniquely innovative among your private sector friends as opposed to your government sector friends. And find out who actually is more ambitious on getting ahead. Not just getting a better job within a government system. I think both are some for own forms of ambition. I agree. When you're in the government, what you want is that federal, I mean, that he, federal he, he, job. He, he, it, it overpays. It's 
Go ahead, punch is, me. Um, punch me, my friend. No, no, no. Is I feel Can like you get I, me some water? It's course. still free here. But more or less, Blink Radio uh, WSQF. I feel like ninety four five and WSQF Radio.com live stream. You're listening to the Radio Socialist. We're out of water. Oh my God! We're out of water. Did you hear that symbolism here in the home? Of American capitalism and innovation and creativity, we have no water. I mean, like none, none on the door. How about look in the ice chest? Which one's the ice chest? See how how everybody takes my uh, my studio for granted. Everybody sucks down water, but nobody replenishes the refrigerator. It's all on me. No, in the ice chest inside the refrigerator. Sometimes there's a bottle at the top there. Nope. Yep. There is, and it's probably frozen for this very moment. Only one? Yep. That means I got to share. See, I got to no, be, you don't. I gotta be I got to be a communist for for a, a brief moment. I have to share my water with the socialist. All right, can you give well, me a cup too or are you going to charge me for the cup? He's going to ask for a service fee. He has to take two steps to the back of the studio and bring me a soundproof. Each according to his own ability. Ooh. That sounds like a church teaching. That sounds like the Catholic remnants. That's I, actually Marx. Ah! I'm busted. Here you go. All right. Get yourself a, your own little glass. Remember that bottle. But keep the bottle because we need it for standing ovation. So we're in this situation where I went to a, a church that I don't normally go to. And I was told, hey, you know so-and-so that we grew up with? He's really turned into a tremendous pastor. And I go, I'm not surprised. I remember him being a... Uh, uh, you know that coach was really involved in the kids. He he really relieved his you know, many parents here in Key Biscayne had the, the the grace of knowing this young boy who coached, assistant coach, traveled coach, various sports from t-ball, soccer, tackle football, and everybody relied on him to take care of their kids during the afternoon hours. He was he's been a mentor to a bunch of kids. Today he's a pastor. So I went to his Sunday service. I'm Catholic, so I normally would go to the Catholic service. But on the urging of someone else, I went to his service to see how he's evolved as a pastor. And he posted something that was really cool, very innovative on his part. He took it not only to biblical passages, which is a typical pastor, but he took it to symbolism. And what he did was, he started with, future blessings is contingent on present obedience. Okay? Then he spoke diligently about what, what, what starts off as something small might look easy. But as you advance in the obedience, it becomes harder and harder and harder. But then the gains are incredibly uh, fulfilling, especially if it's in the name of other people. And what was really powerful about what he said was that he gave us a picture of the beginnings, and this is, he taught me something, and I was very moved that I was see, I got to see this story. He starts off with a Bible passage from Luke 16.10, and it says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large things. 
But if you are dishonest about the little things, you won't be honest about the greater responsibilities. Luke 16.10. And then he posts a picture. And it was a little ravine, 20 feet wide, 10 inches deep, with a bunch of rocks. And it looked like a little creek. And the picture was taken. You go, well, why are you posting that? He goes, do you know what that is? And I, I was, you know, one of many in, in one of the parishioners sitting there. And I was going, wow, why would he put that there? After reading what I just read, Luke, it's the beginnings of the Mississippi River. The beginnings of the Mississippi River. The original source of the Mississippi River. And then it becomes the massive Mississippi River, which guaranteed the shipment of goods throughout our early history before industrialization and definitely created a commodities market up in the area of Chicago. Excuse me. (coughs) And then he kept on speaking about uh, the new beginnings, uh, what you should be doing, uh, those New Year's resolutions that you don't plan to accomplish and what percentages of people never even make it to the second and third week of the of the new year and they're they've already broken every one of their habits and every uh, there's no way they can have the new year's resolution accomplished based on their behavior just in a matter of three weeks but to solidify the point at the six o'clock hour he showed me the little uh, ravine of 20 feet wide, 11 inches deep, as the origins of the Mississippi River. And I have to take it as true. He would look like a total fool if that picture wasn't the actual beginnings of the Mississippi River. <laughs> and then he showed the muck, cloudy water as the great Mississippi River pushes up against and pushes back the Gulf of Mexico. The whole freaking ocean is being pushed back by what's coming out of the Mississippi. And the symbolism is simple. Look, what began as a creek and a ravine, 12 inches deep, 20 feet wide, became the mouth of the Mississippi River down in Baton Rouge and New Orleans as a great mammoth freshwater, brackish water into the Gulf of Mexico. And when you see the picture and you see the, the line separating the deep waters of the straits of the Gulf and the darkened water of a river, you're like, whoa, there's, there's a message there. And I was very privileged that someone your age, because he was your age, you said you're in your 30s, so is he, that it evolved, that he took the time to do the research, to do that, to make it a fulfilling in his in his pastorship, and he, he brought it to us for free on a Sunday. You know what I mean? It was moving, very moving, that he took the time. He spoke for a good hour, and he took the time. And how about them apples? I was very happy for him, and I was very proud of him at the same time. And uh, uh, I can't thank him enough. And I would love to, to mention him by name, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, Tony Gowdy. Congratulations. It was quite an honor to be at the Sunday service at the Kibiskane Community Church. I hope that you will record these futures, uh, these future, these futures, uh, we call them uh, homilies. I don't know what uh, community church calls them. What are they usually called when the, 
when the, the pastor gives uh, what in essence is a speech uh, there's a name for that and I don't know what that name is but for uh, for Catholics it's homily today's homily is and then boom and uh, so I congratulate him and I told him look if you would like to record your stuff I will play it here on Blink Radio 94.5 every Sunday you know one day one day late in other words I'll post this Sunday what you said last Sunday we'll go on from there Let's hope they do it. It's free and clear for community radio here at WSQFradio.com and WSQF 94.5. So, that that little noise I'm making, I don't want you to think it's gas. It's it's me leaning up against uh, vinyl, new vinyl seats I have here. So, unfortunately, because you have a Twitch, you see that Twitch you got going on there? Yeah, that's not contributing to the radio show whatsoever. Because if I ask you something, you're you're looking at UFC something. I wanted you to look up for us, but at this point, you're like in the sounds of silence. You know, give him a little bit of water. You're, he's a, he will, he immediately went napping on me. Hey, you were you were giving a nice toast to a man that you encountered over the week. So I I, I didn't want to interrupt that. Because Wait, that- Amanda. To a man you met. A man, a man. And that was very sweet. I didn't meet, I, I didn't meet him. I didn't meet him. I'd known him for years as a youngster. You know, I've always... I thought it was very sweet, and I didn't want to interrupt. <gasps> I'm so sweet. Are you accusing me of giving, of giving you a cavity? Because I'm so, so sweet. Luckily, I brush, so that's not going to happen. Oh, man. And you floss. Yeah. Well, nevertheless, it was just uh, a point of gratitude. I, w- I wasn't really... Uh, trying to be sweet. I'm, just... I'm, all, I'm all for good vibes. I'm all for good vibes. Okay. Now, what I wanted to look up is something that you're accounting. I'm going to hold you accountable, you know, because you're actually reading the book, and I'm depending on you to give it the final, the final brush of fame, because it's time to go to print with a cover and pictures and 390 something pages that you got to, you know, kind of speed it up, my friend. You gotta, you know, you gotta get into it. It took me a long time to get to this this point. Now it's all on you. I'm putting him in, in, uh, onus of my entire ebook, 399 pages called "The Fiscals." For 273. Those. Oh, so they've been reduced somehow. I guess when they were ter- when it was converted from Word to PDF, it probably yeah. got reduced. Plus, I think over the years, because I wrote it in 2014. Over the years, I think I myself have deleted paragraphs of stuff that I just found to be nonsensical at this point and but i'm waiting the publisher's already been hired already been paid for they just want the final copy and one thing i wanted to ask you was what makes you and me so short-minded so uh disinterested so quickly why are we so twitch reactions why do we not really want to delve into concepts because you and i have in all fairness um, you and I have done lots of research on one particular train of thought that has given us meaning or a sense of social responsibility. Okay, so you're saying you're not twitchy. I'm saying you are. I'm saying we're both twitchy. That isn't the reason why we are, but if you want, if, I think, I think what you've said is something that minimizes uh, snap judgment and twitchiness, that desire to just change channels or desire to change radio stations or the desire to only hear uh, 
superficial stuff before you go on your way, whether it be at the coffee shop or at the supermarket or just with your friends or looking at your phones while you're waiting for the food at a restaurant. I mean, what the hell? You guys go to a restaurant together. If you each are going to be looking at your phones. Do you know how that started? Yeah, that, that started a while ago. Um, it's funny. People give me a lot of flack because I have a flip phone now. And they can't do a lot of stuff. Like, they can't send me the coordinates exactly, or I don't have an app to access something. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks. Because even at the, with an iPhone, allows us to FaceTime, send coordinates, uh, let people know where you're at exactly, GPS yourself if, yeah. you, want, if you choose but to. But I've really found it really liberating to get away from that. Like it's really been. I could see you. I could see you wanting to remove yourself from that, but I don't think it, the, it's I really don't think forced th- me to be more conversing with people, um, more present. And it's something I notice now when I don't have it available to me, I'm not as likely to do it. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you. My father had a, died with a flip phone in his hand. He said he well, like to me that other well, phone thing was just not his cup of tea. Just what wasn't was fun about the internet back in the day is that. But you, you haven't answered the question. What makes us twitchy? Because it's just on us. Good. That means he hasn't gotten to that portion of the book. Because I say, the biggest mistake we have in society today is how we were taught. How we acquired our titles. How we win licenses. And basically how we gratify each other as a human being. And it's been a fallacy from the get-go. From being a lawyer, to being a doctor, to being a surgeon, how we're we were tested and taught is the multiple choice exam. It is ruined. Yeah, I might agree with that. It ruined our minds. I, and guess who invented it? Who? The U.S. Army. And guess what? It failed. And yet they incorporated it into the public school system anyway. When I say public school... It's not just it, public school. It's everything. All schools. Yeah. Because it was more interested in your train of thought, which is employ as many people as possible... Grade as fast as possible, and it really doesn't matter who who acquired aptitude as long as they pass the exam. And that is applies to the bar exam, the medical exam, real estate exam, engineering exam, the final exam, all exams, all of it, every one of it. If you have a multiple choice and you're passing a multiple choice, I guarantee you, you don't know the subject matter. You only pass the test. And that's the same when... You see it in industries later. Guess who's coming to intercept all that? China. AI. Artificial intelligence. Because now you're going to be able to go to it to pass the exam. Hey, could you give me a thesis uh, based on the neurology of kids who are are learning English for a second language? And in three minutes, it'll crank out a 10, 15-page thesis. In three minutes! Think about that. All you do is press print in three minutes. And it prints it out, sign it. And if you asked it a different question than you did, your thesis would be different than mine. So we, neither one of us will be accused of using AI. Think of how horrible it is if we have a society of zero emotions and a lot of aptitude against those with a lot of aptitude and zero emotions. There's going to be a battle royale in the next 50 to 100 years between your generation and the people who are much younger than you in the same difference of years that you and I are now. It's bad out there, man. It's going to get a lot worse. You're going to be able to pass an exam 
because you have access to a better AI machine than the next guy, in, including your professor. And the, the person uh, who got me paying attention to this were two. Jordan Peterson, a, a shrink out of Toronto, who I went to see live at the Miami Gleason Theater a couple years ago. And I tried to figure out where was he politically. I couldn't really tell. He got... He's pretty far right. He hides it, but he's very far right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I will agree with you just because you like saying that, but I believe all conservatives are conservative. The rest are phonies, so we don't believe in far right. If, Either if you're conservative not far right, or not. you guys call them rhino. If they're not far right, we call them rhino. I'll accept that. Yeah, if you're, if you're a Republican in name only, you act like a liberal, but you, you got less competition. I mean, the, the liberals historically were the defenders of capitalism. Uh, historically, they were, but defenders of capitalism with labor, uh, labor e- equality. You know, women high well, they, pay. They want more equity because their point is that they liberals kind of. Oh no, for me, for me, it's as a lefty. How I differentiate myself from liberals is that I see that the bigger destroyer, the biggest ruination of most civilizations, aren't really like a deficit. Um, but much more likely, it's inequality. And when a society becomes... Prove it. Where? France, Egypt, Rome. Um, they all, all, those, all those empires fell because of inequalities. Yeah, because people did, did not want to keep working for that system because they felt like it was unfair. Rome definitely fell because of surpluses. I mean, sorry, because of deficits and uh, all the surpluses being sent to Egypt. Um, the one that I would say, um, Germany was much more of resentment on changing social orders and losing a war that they put their whole personality into. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was the Bismarck Republic and super high inflation that brought Hitler to power. They yeah. did it! They did it! And they were able to point to uh, to someone who... Yeah, not- but they didn't care. They they wanted that war again more than anything. Already, Bismarck a- Republic. already after the first failure... You know what hyperinflation does? You know Hitler didn't does? even come up with the Jews are responsible for, for this? Oh, who did um, I think the stabbed in the back meme, actually, the guy who came up with it was later kicked out of the Nazi party for being too much of a nut. Um, but Hitler uh, grabbed the catchphrase and says, I can win on this. Yeah. Uh, if you read Hitler's book, you know, Americans think him as a very um, fanatical, crazy person. But, like, he really comes off as, like, a supremely Machiavellian and cynical person. Um, you're going down the steps. No one of you guys hated Trump, and you called him Eric Ludinoff. Please tell us you're you're teaching me something, so go for it. So it um, was started by a Protestant church chaplain by the name of Bruno Dorhing, um nine months before World War One had ended, around uh, 1918. However, I think the guy I'm talking about, the the guy who was really thrown out for going overboard. Um, how did he inspire? Do you have like the contents of how he inspired Hitler? Did he go to his church? Was he a follower? Did he inspire him? Was he an advisor? Where's the connection between these politicians will embrace anything that sounds good? You know, like the, the shining stab, of the, Yeah, the, the look, stabbed in the back term actually came from a British. Uh, military general um, by the name of Sir Neil Malcolm. And why did uh, Hitler embrace such a thing? Because it was very popular. You have to keep in mind... Um, but I don't, anti- I, don't, I, don't get it. I don't get the stretch. Anti-Semitism I mean, was always very historically popular in Europe. It still is. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of made a resurgence, but yes. very much less that like there's always been kind of this attitude that in in Europe that that the Jews don't quite belong, that these are you know people descendant of a different land and they have a different set of skills in a different like rules that are applied to them, and so there there is this like kind of well as a Catholic they're the chosen ones. I I wholeheartedly believe that. I believe if they go down, we go down. That that's a recent Catholic position. Recent. Recent. So I'm a newbie? Jeez. Dang. The Catholics used to be quite hostile to them. Uh, uh, that I agree. Uh, we've uh, we've discussed that among Catholics and are kind of embarrassed about it because we're Jews in the end. And it's hard for for people to understand that Catholics understand systematically or as a whole, we believe that we are Jews. And we became Catholics as a result of Crucifixion, the death of our uh, Son of God, the death of our, uh, I don't know, I don't know whether, uh, I have to say like patriarchy after all, he's, you know, the father among us, but we were never ever meant to chastise or disparage Jews. We were one and the same. And uh, yeah, I agree that for for many years, probably decades, especially after uh you know the, the the disaster Holocaust. I can see how certain segments of sophisticated, educated societies can turn their back uh, on the Jewish population. Uh, I, I feel like we the very Cubans are kind of like I think we see our we see a little bit of ourselves in the Jewish story. Uh, we they rejected both FDR and. I don't know. Remember the president of oh, Cuba, but Cuba as rejected Jews in the ship. Remember the famous ship that that came to Havana and was sent away, and came went to the United States and was sent away, and they had to. Oh yeah, go because back. people were very super hostile to refugees at the time. But like when I say when I talk to people in Miami, and the subject you know kind of arises because I like talking politics with people. the The attitude about the Cubans is like a great admiration for Jewish people, like. They kind of hear like we're the Jews of the Caribbean. Yeah, heard that? I, I think that's the attitude where it's like they see them as like, oh, you're the crafty Europeans. Well, we're, we're the craftier. Uh, we are Hispanics. The, yeah, that's how Cubans, we see ourselves. So, yeah, Cubans are the craftiest of all immigrants in the United States, whether they like to hear it or not. Sorry, folks. Yeah. No, okay. So I got the Pew guy. Re, look up Pew Research. I got study. the guy who popularized the. Um, the Jews were the reason we lost World War One in Germany. Please, but give and his us name was time, Eric Ludendorff. But yeah, what do you want me to look up now? No, exactly that. But give us details. Oh uh, yeah, no, he was like an intense social Darwinist, um, in particular, and he had met with Hitler multiple times during his time in the party. Um, and he, how do you how do you influence him? Is what I want to know. Did he go to? Did he? Uh, did Hitler embrace him? Make him his inner circle, or just? steal memes and catchphrases in order to get elected. See, the dates and the times would tell us because the the Jews uh, were very weary of Hitler from the get-go, yet he won in a runoff against a very popular... He uh, died on... Um, here, he... Very did. popular leader at the time. Who did uh, Hitler... He died in 1937. Oh, my God, in the height of it all. Um... Hitler did not like him. Hitler thought he was kind of a nut. Um, it was even said that they didn't want it. Like, Hitler did not want a state funeral folder. 
<laughs> Denying him a state funeral? And Hitler didn't want him a state funeral, but there was one given to him anyways. Uh, oh, so he was prominent enough to get a, a state funeral. <laughs> so that means, uh, what was his highest position in power? Um, so he was like a chancellor, it, or was a party leader, or what? I think he was a general. Um, oh, he was a general. So he had a battle star. Yeah, he was a German He was in World War One. So he actually had war training. He was in the Imperial German Army and the Prussian Army. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah, he, used to, he had his bona fides. He had his certain amount of gravitas to the guy. Yeah, no, I, I feel so fortunate that in the United States, the military class is not the one calling the shots. Uh, from what we gathered recently, uh, they were calling the shots in COVID. They had, uh, Trump, no, they, had that... Trump, they had Trump believing he was actually doing something and uh, uh, what was it called? Warp Speed? Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. And it turns out <laughs> it was a military operation from the get-go and it started in, in, in paper, in white paper in, in 2013 under Obama and they were preparing to react to a biological attack on the United States as far back as 2013. And all the documents show that the vaccination was really the COVID vax was now proven to be very ineffective. It was proven to be a countermeasure. And that's why the pharmaceutical companies I can't find anything have zero about liability for what they did to us. Zero. I can't find anything about it before 2020 existing. All those people dropping dead on football fields, the thousands of them are dropping dead under 20 years of age, under 30 years of age. Nobody wants to say that they were all vaxxed. It's just very sad. It's really, really... Dude, the people getting COVID is much less... All studies prove that getting COVID is much less severe if you are vaccinated. I, I, don't, I don't believe you. I believe that, that the vast majority of people who are getting COVID, especially the mutation, are vaccinated. Now, and this is based off... Based on felonial science, yeah. All kinds of ratios. Why don't you Google... I profoundly doubt that. Yes, I do. Profoundly say the 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 truth is is here. Like wh- why why is the vaccine become a culture point? It wasn't tested ever. Wasn't group tested, wasn't tested, didn't go through any FDA approvals. It was just rushed through. And there Donald Trump is 100% at fault because he gave it a face and he got bandoozled once again. I don't blame him because he was under assault by everybody else. In the government, so I can see his he was actually he was uh, he was broadsided with this vaccine. It did come from China. It killed many millions, millions more millions. If it killed a million worldwide here, it killed many millions in China. I don't believe any of the numbers, but a group of uh, teachers, teaching well, doctors, came out with a pronouncement several times. I think they're called Doctors Without Borders, and they call. Immediately for the end of the vaccine. No, that's not true. Uh, Doctors Without Borders calls for the patent and the copyright on it to end. That's what they were pressuring uh, Biden to do, was to drop that so it could be more easily distributed. I know because I donate to Doctors Without Borders. And uh, um, I'm going to play the public um, keep on... Keep on elaborating your point, but um, um, I remember copying it just to be able to play it on the air. But I spontaneously came up with 
So um, Johnson's and Johnson's um, submitted their stuff to the FDA early 2021. Um, their vaccine showed a 66, 67 efficiency in preventing moderate or severe critical disease by 14 days after vaccination. Um, let's see. Let's see about the other ones. Let's see. Novax. Um, oh, well, it works. Let's see if they've got something here. This one is a 90% affected against lab-confirmed symptomatic infection and 100% against severe and moderate disease phase 3 trials. Um, and um, this one was authorized in July 22. So last year, um, Moderna showed a 95% efficiency um, and that one was let's see when the, that was approved by the FDA so here's what I'm saying the vaccines are working but you are right that they were not approved during COVID time it's the saddest thing, man. It's a countermeasure by the Department of Defense. I mean, it worked. We're doing this right now. We're more, we're both, more, we're people, both, more people are dying we're, now than they were dying in the hype of this thing. They're just not talking about it anymore. That's, oh, because there's no facts for it. Therefore, like, it's totally happening, bro. Trust me. People are dying like crazy, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It, 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 it's just, just because there's no reporting or no finding, no news stories, no substantial evidence to show for it. It's totally happening. It's a total scam. And it's a billion dollar scam. Citation, trust me, bro. Trust me. Bro, he, you got bro guys, are you broing me, tell, man? Yeah, yeah, I am. Who's the football? You, you got to name me a football player dying in the middle of a field. Clay. No, he, he survived. I believe he got vaccinated and they're not going to tell us. Just recently. There's thousands and thousands of people who have died on football fields, soccer fields. Track and field, girl, girls and boys, please, field, field please arcing, track me, and, Please name me one. Well, I'm going to, I'm right please, now. Please name me people dying on football fields because they were vaccinated. Okay. Uh, the, people are dropping like flies. Like flies. Yeah. He, he totally has the research, bro. He totally has the knowledge. Okay, we're going to have to be quiet, but uh, I'll tell you in a second. Right now, <laughs> we're playing ads. Okay? And... I'm going to play this now. Here we go. COVID contracts on the United States Department of Defense. was political theater, basically to cover it up, right down to the FDA vaccine approval process. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants that delivered unregulated vaccines from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. These documents... These new documents were obtained by a former executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization. That person is Sasha Lydapova, and Sasha joins us now to tell us what she's uncovered. Thank you so much for coming on the, on the show, Sasha. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. 
Absolutely. This is intense. I mean, when you first uncovered these documents, did your jaw just hit the floor or did you know that this is what you were going to find based on the breadcrumbs you were already uncovering? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I was really shocked. I was working on this for quite some time. Uh, so I first, my first finding was that these products were not uh, good manufacturing practice compliant. And that I found right away when they started being rolled out due to extreme variability of adverse events and deaths that were reported per each lot of the of the so-called vaccine. So that was very shocking to me as a pharmaceutical um, uh, professional because we know how uh, high quality uh, pharmaceuticals typically must be manufactured. You know, they have to be very, very consistent. There should be a practically no variation lot to lot in terms of uh, toxicities or, or any other uh, performance characteristics. And these products were varying about thousand times lot to lot. So uh, that was extremely concerning. And uh, I didn't realize why that was happening, but I just knew well, that the deep they state mafia just scored practice compliant. I later confirmed that through regulatory documents. And then the final piece of the puzzle was when I uh, was able to see all these contracts from the DOD. They were released uh, based on freedom of information requests and also securities and exchange commission disclosures. And uh, when I saw those contracts, there were around 400 that are now available for all COVID, so-called COVID countermeasures, including vaccines. Um, I realized that was really what was going on. Uh, the Department of Defense uh, used a very um, shady contracting practices and also used several uh, laws that were put in place previously, previous to COVID, to, uh, to do this, to shield pharmaceutical companies, to not conduct you know, proper clinical trials, uh, to do a lot of uh, fraudulent, I would say, manipulations of public perception, um, and all in collusion, obviously, with mainstream media and these pharma companies. And so as a result, we have this theatrical performance called uh, clinical trials, but they were actually not real. They were they did not, um, you know, based on the laws that are used here and invoked in this process, the clinical trials are not required at all. Uh, and, and in fact, they cannot be conducted. I mean, that's one of there's many there's many really troubling parts of the story. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack a few of them. But that one stands out to me, perhaps at the top of the list is the theatrics mm -hmm that were put in place for these trials. So there were human beings in many ways being used as props to paint the veneer that they were somehow going through deep trials to make sure that we were all safe with these vaccines. And you have, I know there was a, for instance, a 13 year old girl. Uh, they in fact had an ad, the Va vaccine uh, safety council had put out an ad that was going to run during the Super Bowl. Then it was yanked by Comcast. They wouldn't allow it to air which shows a perfectly healthy 13-year-old girl who went through this particular trial and then ended up having all sorts of adverse events. So these people were used as props, essentially, right? Yes, exactly. And so the, the clinical trial subjects were deceived. Uh, and But importantly, most of the clinical trial sites and investigators were also deceived. And most of the FDA employees were deceived because this um, particular scam is driven from the top. Only few people, as far as I understand, at the top of these organizations, the Department of Defense, um, HHS, FDA, BARDA, um, their legal uh, counsels, they know 
but then the rest of the regular employees and rank and file, and especially clinical trial subjects, of course, were kept in the dark. And in fact, under Obama administration Cures Act, um, amended, I believe, the uh, emergency use authorization, or the, not the emergency, the, the uh, informed consent requirements, such that subjects don't have to be necessarily informed of what's going on if it's deemed not in their best interest. And so again, through, uh, you know, it's too long to go into the legal history. There is very extensive research, uh, hundreds of pages of documents on legal history of this, but the, the laws that they're invoking to run this program do not require informed consent uh, and also do not require the clinical trials. So the people- and they're not I'm sorry, this is un unbelievable. So the people involved in these trials they don't need to be informed about what is happening? Yes, exactly. So the, the informed consent rules have been amended under Obama to say that if it's not in the best interest of the subject, who decides if, it's, <laughs> if it is or it isn't? But that's what it says. So, you know, this, these types of things can be concealed from people that this, this actually under, um, under emergency use authorization used during public health emergency, this is very critical. That's why they keep extending public health emergency beyond any, we don't have any emergency, but they keep extending it. Why? Because they need this. Under public health emergency, emergency use authorized uh, these kinds of medications, countermeasures, that's a, that's a key word. These are not vaccines, they're countermeasures. So all these three together, they can use it this way. They don't have to inform the subjects what it is. They can use a lot of secrecy. They don't have to run clinical trials. They're not required because these products cannot be investigational products. That's what the law says. If they cannot be... Okay, so I'm looking on your claim. It sounds like you had luminary edema, correct? You know what? You, you, heart inflammation uh, and the other rare side effects? Not heart, uh, heart inflammation, yes. Go okay, ahead. Okay, so that was something that did show in COVID vaccine. Yes. Th these were side effects. I only got can, one, Moderna. I never got the booster. I didn't get the second shot because in eight days I was already finished. I'll grant you this. This does seem to be, according to health documents and academics, um, this is something that seems to be a reoccurring side effect of the vaccine. Um, but which one? Let's see. I didn't want to end. I didn't want to end. I, I did that my mistake. I was supposed to open up another freaking page. Okay. And this lady was giving you the documents. Well, to our top story now, a bombshell new and report shows that the Department of I'd Defense. I'd like to start it yeah. again. I don't know where the hell I was in this. But I'm going to start it again. And you keep on doing research in the dark. And in fact, under Obama Administration Cures Act, um, amended, I believe, the uh, emergency use authorization, or the, not the emergency, the, the uh, informed consent requirements, such that subjects don't have to be necessarily informed of what's going on, if it's deemed not in their best interest. And so again, through, uh, you know, it's too long to go into the legal history, there is very extensive research uh, hundreds of pages of documents on legal history of this, but the, the laws that they're invoking to run this program do not require informed consent uh, and also do not require the clinical trials. So the people, and they're not I'm sorry, this is un unbelievable. So the people involved in these trials, they don't need to be informed about what is happening? 
Yes, exactly. So the the informed consent rules have been amended under Obama to say that if it's not in the best interest of the subject, who decides if it's <laughs> if it is or it isn't? But that's what it says. So you know, this these types of things can be concealed from people. That this this actually under um, under emergency use authorization used during public health emergency. This is very critical. That's why they keep extending public health emergency beyond any. In, we don't have any emergency, but they keep extending it. Why? Because they need this. Under public health emergency, emergency use authorized uh, these kinds of medications, countermeasures. That's a, that's a key word. These are not vaccines, they're countermeasures. So all these three together, they can use it this way. They don't have to inform the subjects what it is. They can use a lot of secrecy. They don't have to run clinical trials. They're not required because these products cannot be investigational products. That's what the law says. If they cannot be investigational products, then we don't have any investigation. We don't have any clinical trial subjects. So that's that's how they, they're pulling this off. So it's at the Pentagon. It's at the Department of Defense. You talked about countermeasures. And, of mm-hmm. course, I think what we all think of immediately is foreign threat, right? That this is, you're dealing with the Pentagon, right? It's supposed to protect mm-hmm. us against foreign adversaries. So how is COVID a foreign adversary? And how is this being run through, through the Pentagon? That's a great question. So uh, from the very beginning, it turns out that the Trump administration and subsequently Biden administration treated this uh, COVID as war, as an act of war, because the National Security Council is setting COVID response policy, which is National Security Council doesn't have any health, um, health uh, department representatives, only uh, defense and intelligence. And so, uh, so National Security Council sets policy for COVID. Uh, HHS is not setting policy. HHS is not lead um, a- agency in response of it. They are managing information. Um, so, so the the top of the government is treating it as an act of war, and they're telling all of us, "Oh, it's a health event. It's a naturally evolved virus jumped from a bat." And don't even mention, uh, you know, lab creation because you'll be canceled on social media immediately and censored, right? So right from the start, we have huge deception going on. What, in fact, they're treating as war. They're telling people it's health event. And we you learned know, so from the and we learned from the Twitter file, Sasha, just this past mm-hmm. week, the latest latest round of Twitter files that the Biden administration was actively going after and trying to censor anybody who talked about lab leak theories uh, and talked about Wuhan lab. And we're going after this idea that this came from a bad, came out of a lab. And so they were actively trying to censor that narrative. Um, And so this was all coordinated. And we know that multiple agencies were actively, of course, going after Twitter and social media companies and trying to uh, trying to keep this quiet in these documents. Does your research show, I mean, just how deeply does this go? And how how widespread is the Pentagon's tentacles in this? Does it reach to to Dr. Fauci? Does it reach to um, other main agencies? Well, yes. So they're all um, they're all in fact coordinating this. In fact, there is um, they even set up in 2013. So by the way, the, the planning goes pre planning goes years at least 2012 2013 based on the contracts and based on uh, the documents that I, I have uncovered. So for example, there is pandemic enterprise. Uh, it's a quasi quasi private quasi government enterprise that's been set up in 2013 that involves ten heads of federal agencies. Uh, it's called PEMSI, uh, that's the abbreviation, 
And uh, so, so 10 heads of federal agencies, including Department of Defense, HHS, FDA, NIH, uh, Department of Agriculture, uh, Energy, Veterans Affairs. Uh, so all of them together get together and secretly discuss these kinds of countermeasures very secretly. So the, the, there is their memorandum of understanding pasted uh, on, on, uh, on FDA's website. And most of it, 90% of it deals with how we're going to keep everything secret between each other, all the confidentiality disclosures, how we're going to communicate about this. So, so we have this cabal form with a lot of secrecy and a lot of procedures to maintain secrecy about pandemic responses in 2013. It's almost like they and knew then, this was coming. I mean, this is where we talk about conspiracy theories on this show. I mean, we, and it's all true. I mean, this is unbelievable. So all, if there it is all in 2013. It's all laid out. It's, it's laid out how they're going to, to keep everything secret. And I, and I, and I wonder why I have what's supposed to be a health event is so secret from the public. So how, how is this even, you know, so, so then, so then they're treating it as war. Then again, telling us it's health. So here we go. So they're, they're covering up military activity with this representation of health event and health response to a health threat. So, uh, so that's where people are not informed right away and, and being deceived. And then, um, you know, because they've, they've invoked these set of laws and they're using countermeasures, not even vaccines. So countermeasures are not pharmaceutical products. Countermeasures is a, it's all different category. So to be clear, to be clear, then it's not technically a vaccine, right? It's no, it's just a countermeasure. Countermeasure and specifically Department of Defense ordered them from private manufacturers as prototypes. So people were never told, oh, come over, get injected with countermeasure prototype. Were they? No, and they weren't told that, right? Because as you pointed out, they were not on a need to know basis, right? So they didn't have to have (laughs) informed consent. So here's a prototype we're going to inject you with, just like the 13-year-old girl we featured at the beginning here and talked about. Would, would her family have allowed that if they knew that this was just a prototype? Absolutely not. No, people were told, oh, this is vaccine. This is safe and effective. It's been tested rigorously. By the way, no testing of safety have been done. They, they have not done any animal trials. They have not completed any animal trials, not, not even started them before they started mass injecting people in human trials. And that's a complete violation of all regulations everywhere in the world, in, you know, including FDA. And uh, again, nobody was told that. They said, oh, it's been tested. It's been in development. We've done clinical, preclinical trials. And they've done none. They just went straight into people and injecting uh, this girl who is now paralyzed, as far as I understand. Um, and so some of the, well, you know, from being an executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization and studying these contracts extensively, that they are completely shielded from... They have immunity here. They have basically, you know, no no liability for Pfizer, Moderna, any of these companies, right? They're totally protected. Is that what the documents show you? Yes. In the DOD contracts that I've reviewed, there is a separate clause that's a PrEP Act clause in all of them. And it says that, you know, under PrEP Act, you are covered and ent- you're covered person or covered entity. And in fact, everyone along the supply chain, so not just the manufacturers, but all of their suppliers, raw material suppliers, uh, the, the delivery people, the you know the, the pharmacy or hospital, whoever injects these products, they're all considered HHS employees, regardless where they work. 
they're all considered HHS employees, government employees, uh, for the purposes of this exercise. And the product, this countermeasure prototype, military uh, biowarfare agent, is owned by the Department of Defense throughout this process until it gets injected into the person. Nobody takes possession of it. So that's how they completely protect themselves from any liability. Now, it doesn't mean that people shouldn't go after uh, everyone, including the vaccinators, and those will be thrown under the bus first, obviously, because they're little people, but everyone should go after the vaccinators who did not provide informed consent, to after the manufacturers, after the hospitals, and I encourage everyone to do that because this is important. Yeah, I mean, we've had so many of our viewers, and you can let us know in the chat right now as you're watching our show, we've had so many of our viewers, tens of thousands of our viewers, tell us on a regular basis, either someone close to them. I mean, last night we had a mother tell us that of her five children, one of them has died. I mean, that we have this every night on our show, uh, stories of this on our show. So it's unbelievable. I'll get you out of here on this question, Sasha, which is about the future. So they planned this in 2013, as if they already knew this was coming. But it sounds like from my reading of this, they're already planning the next one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're running the script. So the, the, the next important thing that they want to do is to give up our sovereignty to WHO under the um, international health regulations, meaning that WHO now can announce pandemic whenever they feel like it, which they did with this one anyway. It was only 40 cases worldwide, and they decided it's a global pandemic, which is ridiculous. But now they can announce a pandemic whenever they feel like it. Maybe there's a pandemic of trees. Maybe there's a pandemic of goats. Um, and <laughs> they, they will come up and say, oh, it's a climate change pandemic. And everybody goes, in, goes into lockdown. And our government and Biden administration specifically want to give up our national sovereignty so that whenever WHO decides that this is a pandemic, we have to go in and implement all of their ridiculous lockdown and murder protocols that they they dream up right so that's how it's going to be and and so that's what we need to write to our congressional representatives about and protest and to our state governments the state governments need to say no we're not going to give up our sovereignty federal government cannot decide for us um and so that's what needs to happen because within the next year they're going to put this in place Unbelievable. Yeah, there's very little any of these countries can do right now. We've had Africa stand up to the WHO. Thankfully, uh, member states in Africa were able to say, no, we don't want this. Uh, but I think it's going to be pushed through anyway, unfortunately. And we will be ceding sovereignty to an unelected body uh, that will run the show mm -hmm. on all of this. Uh, Sasha, thank you so much for your amazing research on this. We hope you'll come back on the show. Thank you for your continued work. We really, really appreciate you telling this story. Thank you very much. Okay, so you heard that. That's good stuff, wasn't it? I believe it was good stuff. That's a whistleblower who worked for the pharmaceutical industry. I don't know to what capacity, based on what she said. I can only you can only you heard it from her, and it's pretty it's pretty mind boggling, and it's got the radio socialist over here standing on his head because he really believes a lot of the stuff he reads just because. Especially if it comes from the government. If it comes from the government, no, well, that has to be fact-checked. No, but exactly that. Like, here's the thing. My friend died. I got water in my lungs. I got the vaccine, and I got sick. And the vaccine did do diddly squat for me. Now, 
that the vaccine some, gave you side effects, but it has given your body a way to be more immune to experience. That's not true. Yes, it is because that's I, how vaccines work. I'm more sick now than I've ever been. As soon as I got no, this stupid you, vaccine, no, 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 it's giving childhood, you my no, childhood, my childhood asthma come back. That, that has given you my lungs. Are that, full. Those are side effects. What you have is a granted immunity from COVID. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it is. That's how a vaccine not does. True. That's what a vaccine does. That's not a vaccine. It, what we have here is an RNA vaccine. RNA vaccine is a manipulation of your DNA. It's not a vaccine that's a little bit of flu to make you have antibodies for flu. This is not what this is. This actually RNA. Google the difference wait, wait, between... Wait, 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 which, what, what vaccine did you get? I got Moderna. So, okay, this is what I'm doing. RNA. I'm going to look up RNA Moderna, vaccine. COVID, for... RNA. No. Yes, because that's what you're claiming no, right now. I'm you claiming, are claiming your I'm COVID claiming... vaccine from Moderna was an RNA. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that is true. I I am claiming that I I received an RNA vaccine, RNA vaccine, which is kind of like uh, a way of reprogramming your, how your body reacts to things, and it's kind of uh, new science, really pseudoscience, actually. There's so many situations where. We're told things are just aren't true and backed up by white papers like you say and you buy into all the information you want and, and we're led to believe that our government is being honest to us after we knew that in Vietnam they were lying about Vietnam, they were lying there about the There are multiple Vietnam. things the government is lying about. Oh, lying about. about, yes. 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 So, but you understand that most of these things are coming out of private industries. Absolutely, for money. Yes. And the government's paying in advance for it. Man, Moderna was paid billions of dollars. So was... Uh, so these aren't government lies. These are corporate lies. If, if, if the private sector funds a politician, enough of them, to get this deal done, and I'm talking about all deals, not just vaccines, I mean all business deals, believe me, the private, the, the, the private people who are putting up the money, they will give you the white paper to legitimize your political stance so that you vote a certain way and you make them rich. In this case... This vaccine made billions of dollars worldwide. <coughs> so I'm going to look up the COVID death rate. No, no, that's all malarkey. Look up RNA. No, no, I did. I did. It confirmed what you said. But I'm, I'm going to say, like, we had a total of one million cases. We. Yeah. And, and, and think about all the other Western societies. It was an attack. It was a biological attack on Western societies and Western economy. So you like, so okay, stupid. hold on. How how many like Please spikes? How many inside. constant? Wait, oh, that, I'm wrong. That was a year. That was just this year. So, and this is that was in Miami alone. What, so in Miami, Miami, in Miami, yeah, uh, Google popped it up in Miami. So in Miami, there were already like one million uh, cases and oh, twelve thousand deaths. Death. How many deaths? So I put up the United States. So in the United States, there were a hundred and one million COVID cases, okay. and how many people died? A million. Yeah. So how many people are there in the United States? 320. So good. So 33. Uh, so that means one in three people got COVID. This is how contagious the thing was. I believe uh, uh, I'm not disputing the numbers. I'm just disputing that COVID should not have been administered like it was administered. It shouldn't have been widespread. It should have been people with poor mobilities like myself. And as soon as I could find all these doctors 
for the umph time. Find me studies. Find me studies, not doctors. Do you understand the I difference? Just, this woman just gave me that, the studies. She was a whistleblower. She was a whistleblower revealing certain corruption. I want scientific, sh- academic, peer-reviewed evidence. Peer-reviewed It was never peer-reviewed. What? What was it COVID was never peer-reviewed, nor was it given any of the proper FDA guidelines testing. It was not done. That's what she was saying for 17 minutes. My God, you think this is hyperbole or something? This is people who found documents to show, for the God knows how many times I've said it on this show, that the Department of Defense had the authorizations to give the right to the pharmaceutical industry, the private sector, to create the RNA vaccine for an unknown biological attack in some time in the future, back in 2013. You're, you're, you're not and that attack dis- was COVID-19. You're not going to get me to dispute China's innocence in all of this, but okay, here. So I found a pandemic, COVID pandemic and its impact and peer review s- speed of anesthology and observational study. So what we have here is um, 12 articles were published between January and September 22 um, about COVID. Um, and the results were... A Come on, even decrease. you remember you remember when Gates said that the, uh, uh, that something like this was going to happen in a TED talk years before, and yet he's he had his yes ma- because he Gates has actually either. been incredibly attacked for holding on he to knew the, the funding. government was funding research, gain of function research, where they were creating a supersized vi- virus. And guess what, my friend? Remember, I'm 58. I might not be seeing this. You're going to be attacked by all kinds of stuff because this. This this was a trial. They're going after us hardcore. Why? Because people like you don't take seriously the 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 Lula's in power and the Castro's in power and all the other commies that come to power, including those that are in Europe that look like the social democracies, but they're actually authoritarian uh, in nature, and they go haywire, and all of a sudden we're all screwed, and this is a test. This COVID is another test. This didn't happen by circumstance. But were we allowed this, to even... This wasn't some sort of tyrannical it government was. overreach. It was. Because no one was gaining was. anything out of this. It was. Everybody was losing. Was. Everybody was losing. It was. And you're making this about yourself. No. This is what like we get to. Like I'm Hell sorry. About I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry. What? No, but people who think like this, like there is ways that we can criticize the pharmaceutical industry. Oh come there on! There are ways that we can. I criti- want you to criticize China for allowing this stuff to get all over the world. Sure. They didn't. They didn't anybody. But they didn't, China right now is even still struggling with its resurgence. And they're not struggling. Yes, with they it. are. They're being hit hard by it. Why? Because they could care less if they lose a hundred or two hundred million people. They're communists. God, he killed 30 million Mao to start this whole damn movement. Mao hasn't been in power for a while. But the he started the revolution. He started what, what, this with 30 million deaths. He didn't this care. This is irrelevant. These are no, it's not irrelevant. oppositional They're the same books. communists. No, they're not. They're your the po- folks. No, this is you're going all over the place. There no, is no I'm sense. I'm not all over the place. Well, I just, yes, this is no, I'm running this is circles no, around you. you. You're not making any sense. Notice how when you run when communism. You, communism lets it's out biologies. It's a disease. No, it's not a disease. disease. Yes, it, it is. It's a biological virus made in a lab. Bio warfare. That's what it is. Which is a disease. No. Yes. No, because once you're cured of COVID, you don't have it forever. It's sorry. 
It's a pandemic. It's not a disease. Disease is something that stays with you forever. You could cure temporarily. Like people who have cancer, they might be. Then then you just said it. They might might be in remission, but they're going to die of cancer or complications thereof. I'm going to die of something that has to do with diabetes. My father died of Parkinson's in a way. Parkinson's led to his. Like fil- the reason we can like here's the reality. But it was that, diabetes like, that brought the on the Parkinson's. Is that like we can go around now because seventy percent of Americans have been hit with the vaccine. We never developed. So we've all developed. We never a much developed more herd immunity. Uh, as herd response. immunity. Yes. Yes, because the we've vax- been vaccinated. The vax- how many? No. Other, how many more people would have to die? We are much. This is why I'm losing my temper because you would say like, you're not well, losing your temper. You're losing your mind. No, I'm losing my temper because no. people like you said, well, we shouldn't have done anything. You can't. How many more people would have had to die? How many more people would have had to that, die for your freedoms not to feel violated? How uh, many more people would have had to I die? I guarantee you, how many Granted, more people? I, I, I'm always open to saying that things weren't perfect the way they were handled. They never handled perfectly because the government's involved. But like, how many more people would have to die? Because your guys' response was nothing. Your guys' response was we shouldn't have even been vaccinated in the first place. Your response was there should have been no response. That my freedom is so important that I don't care that like a billion Americans have died from this. Kids should have never been vaccinated. Teens, you should have never been vaccinated. The only people who should have been vaccinated had, were me and the old folks. Me with I had a diabetes. tight arm for a week. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Well, that, they could have just hit a muscle there with a big with a big. Whoop. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like, there's metals. So it's like there is the doctors nothing. that I've spoken to, good or bad, there because one doctor. The people who I've known who've refused to get vaccinated have gotten other people in their life sick. Uh, I and would it's, say it's rhetoric like I this would say keeps... I would say that a lot of people got each other sick because they were all indoors, trapped inside, and, and in China's case, they were locked inside. Uh, literally, their doors were bolted from the outside; they couldn't even get out if they wanted to. And keeping people inside made COVID worse. It's outside where you're freer. Now, when you have to work inside and you're in an office setting, or oh, you're screwed. Uh, everybody should work from home or whatever, but. Uh, the truth is, the mask only saved you. If you were sick, it saved you from contaminating other people. That The mask applies when the doctor, he doesn't go to the surgery with a mask on uh, to, uh, to not get whatever his patient has. He goes into surgery with his mask on so he doesn't contaminate his patient while he opens them up. But that's exactly it. If everybody was wearing masks indoors during no. this time, it would, yeah, yes, no. by your own admission, it decreases no. the rate of people. I never got COVID. I never wore a mask. Because here's the thing. And when some they people are me to wear a mask. Some people are asymptomatic. Oh, so come you don't, on. Yes. The vaccine Some people are asymptomatic ass. with COVID. So that was the point of not spreading. No, you bought into the goobla 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 goobla. Did you get the boosters too and everything else? No, I I got the two shots and that was it. That's it. You shouldn't have even got those, but yeah. No, I'm happy because I get to see my dad, who's old, who is nervous about getting it. Yeah. So to me, it was about. How old is your dad, by the way? Older than me? Yeah, he's in the 60s. So it's like to me, it was about seeing my family and not risking anything. So it was like, I would gladly do it to keep my family safe. No! No, no kidding. He can't talk That's anymore because he's been blown out. He's huh? been blown out of the water, so he's just no. stammering now. I believe that they basically sold us on a I, bill I would of not goods. Be seeing you, if I you had were a lot of. And I, I had a friend of mine. I had a lot of friends of mine who bought into the vaccine. They're all vaccinated, and guess what? The great deal of them, nothing's happened to them. Like they don't complain about anything. But then there's that group of people that are. 
habitually, I'm one of them, getting stuff. I was at a place where the little booger-picking kid who got it at school, his typical virus, not COVID, but just regular crap. Man, that kid jumped on my lap. I said hi to him for five seconds, you know, just saying hi to him. I came to visit. I got so freaking sick from that childhood nothing burger. It just with those boogies that you are common, you see daycares everywhere. I got sick for three freaking weeks. I couldn't breathe. I was on a respirator. Heavy dosage of... Um, I don't even think there were antibiotics. It was called pseudo something phenylene, something nasty. 1,000 milligrams twice a day, five straight days. No, sorry. It was six pills, five pills, four pills, three pills, two pills, respirator. Fe- I didn't have the fever, but I was hot as a but- butter cake. I was quite sexy, actually. You know, I was hot, ready to go. And I had to be alone in my house. Because I was dead sick, didn't want anybody to even get near me. I was afraid to give it or get worse. And that's been going on in my life ever since I took one Moderna vaccine. I'm super sensitive to anything. Didn't I tell you today, hey, if you were feeling sick this weekend, we can't do the show today because we're in a closed environment here in the studio. And, And that's why taking the vaccine was important because we all got to collectively build up that resistance to it. You know what? Scientifically, that is not true. The vaccine. What? Like the flu vaccine, that's the case. It's not an RNA vaccine. The flu vaccine is a generic vaccine that actually builds up your resistance to the flu. The common flu that's already a couple hundred years old and all the mutations already have been involved and seen and studied, the famous influenza. That is the case with the vaccine. It builds immunity. But RNA vaccine was a new type of vaccine that wasn't correctly tested as this woman, whistleblower, said to us, I found documents that showed that my research was not coming out in public. This was coming out in public. Protection after protection after protection for the vaccine companies, pharmaceuticals, to be able to rush this thing through. And they found someone, ghoulish, who was under attack as President of the United States for other issues that were just as false and just as phony. They found the perfect man in Donald J. Trump to push so he, he, Operation here's, here's Warp the Speed. Here's and the that was The vaccine, the RNA vaccines delivers molecules into immune cells designed to make a blueprint for a foreign that would normally be... Okay, so it, it's just... Changing. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, but it's still doing the same thing. It's yeah. just going into the DNA to do that. Yes! Yes! That's serious! To give it to you. To give you the immunity that's like, on a molecule. That's like a computer hack. It's not the same as a influenza vaccine. Absolutely not. RNA is it's, new and it's hurting people and there's plenty of doctors saying it must cease. It's killing more than it's helping. That's my point. And I'm sorry I'm taking I know I I know I saved it so that I could find it later for this very moment and I'm having difficulty finding like always the word search in order to uh uh bring it onto the computer so you guys can hear it for yourselves. And their studies, peer-reviewed studies, shows that they are I'm all I'm seeing advantages and disadvantages to it here. Okay, wait a second. It's terrible what they did to us. Terrible. It's a new science. It's barely tested. And they found the perfect guy to push it through. Ugh. 
terrible. His name is Donald A. Trump. And if Donald A. Trump loses his position in society, it will be because of this, because he'll get blamed for well, this. Well, I think we had lots of fun today, but we're out. Oh, it's already 7 o'clock, yeah. and I couldn't even find a damn <laughs> video, audio that I was blaming. I, I, I'm, I'm down to the final scroll here. We started a little bit late, so we can go a little bit late, because we started about five or six minutes after. Sometimes we have to start late because the song is still playing, and it's a long song or something. But I'm still... Searching, searching, searching so that when I find this, because sometimes these videos that are very controversial, that, that, that the pharmaceuticals have the power to take them down, they do. They do take them down. And I'm not seeing it on YouTube here, but I, re- I remember the, what it looks like on its, uh, on its, opening, its opening scene. And I know that I recorded it, and I, um, I'm really annoyed with myself that I can't find it on my phone so that I could play it. And we, it's so obvious to me that his, you know, Alejandro's biggest issue is what government can do to save lives, right? As if the government could care less that more or less people die. Why? Because they use it to get away with whatever sense of feeling that they need to, suggest to the American populace or a society in general that they're being taken, taken care of things. They don't take care of anything. They don't take care of anything. Perfect example is this COVID. They handled it super poorly. They lied about everything. Remember what our governor of New York lied about everything? He lied about everything. And old people died in the beginning. Yeah, because Why? Because he was putting, he's n- taking them from the hospital back into the nursing homes. That, that was murder. N- that was also because he was signing things to have less accountability. I'm not defending Kumo. Kumo screwed up. Quo. Cuomo. Cuomo screwed up. And then up. he lied about how much Trump was helping him. He sent them a hospital ship. He didn't even fill it up. He sent them uh, a park full of tents and triage by uh, the, uh, what's our famous pastor's name? Um, the guy set up a freaking triage at Central Park. It was state of the art. Didn't get filled up. The whole thing was a racket, a propaganda scam by a communist government who was attacking us. And I, you could say I'm a right-wing nut, uh, extremist. I think that Trump, under his duress as a president, skewed mind because he's under attack with all the other felonious stuff that you guys were doing to him, from Russia collusion to Ukraine that obviously was true. You know, we're in war with Ukraine, in the Ukraine, over the felonious corruption of the of the Biden crime family. All affected and... Uh, compromised. He just freaking compromised. Joe Biden's compromised in Russia and the Ukraine. So we have a war there. Hello? I mean, you guys are a bunch of bozos who voted for him. It's that simple. American society has failed once again. The last time you made this mistake, look at the horrors we lived through. 1960, Nixon lost to John F. Kennedy. We got Castro and a Vietnam War and a peace and a massive peace and movement. And the civil rights. And the civil rights. Women's rights. That were going to happen anyway. Abortion rights. They would have happened under Nixon anyway. Yeah, Nixon wasn't going to prevent it. Eisenhower was the hey, guy. But it's good that the government guarantees all these things. Eisenhower had a better civil rights act than, than Lyndon Johnson did. That's my point. His was shot down. Lyndon was Senate president at the time. He was the Harry Reid of his time, the Chuck Schumer of his time. And John F. Kennedy felt so intimidated by the jerk-off, he brought him as vice president because he needed Texas. And he also... You keep your enemies close. 
Isn't that the reason why Obama brought in Hillary as Secretary of State? Keep her close so she can't be a pain in his... I do consider that one of Obama's biggest mistakes. Biggest mistakes, yeah. I think he, he should have told her to take a hike. Uh, we all we all should have. Okay, found it. But... Listen to myself and... I'm going to do it through my phone. Let's see here. Maybe I get lucky here. GCS. This group is called... G... GCS, well, you got to be talking while I'm doing this. Okay, you can't just um, leave us. You can't leave me on sign time. Maybe I'll get it. So here. no, like, it, but it's the reality is that these movements, government has protected rights. Government has accomplishments under its belt. Okay, so here we go. This is only how many minutes here? Okay. Go ahead. Keep on talking because we got three seconds of ads here. So, um, Remember, basically, I do the you know, a lot thing. of these things were good from this, like from the civil okay, rights movement. Okay, here we go. Okay, eight eight minutes. Quiet in the house. All travel and social restrictions must cease. I come from from a state. In- we declare that medical privacy should never again be violated. All travel and social restrictions must cease. I come from from a state in Hawaii that had severe restrictions. Uh, we were not allowed to go to the beach. Kirk Milhone, PhD. Important for vitamin D, and vitamin D is very important for our immune health. Global COVID summit. I was amazed that uh, the people at restaurants could ask for my personal data. They could find out by what kind of, if I wore a mask or not, whether I had been vaccinated or not. All personal data must be expunged from non-HIPAA compliant databases. But now everyone seems that it's their right to know what my personal medical information is. And this needs to stop. We need to return privacy to the patients and to the citizens. Thank you so much, Kurt. We declare that masks are not and never have been effective protection against an airborne respiratory virus in the community setting. Global COVID summit scientists in partnership with industrial hygiene experts have held this position from the outset and continue to oppose the government and CDC stance on this. this is Lynn Flynn, medical policy. doctor, infectious disease, you tropical medicine from West that Africa. When handling pathogens that are supposedly quite detrimental to to a society. We usually are enclosed in a self-contained suit. He's also an an inventor. And the fact that these masks are not even considered personal protection in any way, in any shape or any form, and they've been mandated in the community setting without a single randomized controlled trial supporting its use in this manner is unacceptable. The CDC nor OSHA recognizes these facial coverings as PPE. Even the new ASTM mask standard, which is ASTM F3502-21, which is standard specification for barrier face coverings, state that masks are not PPE and are not protective. Therefore, facial coverings are not part of the industrial hygiene's hierarchy of control, which is a stalwart in the area. 
The primary mechanism of transmission was declared by the CDC on May 7th to be through airborne aerosol particles. It's not as previously thought through droplets. I'm sure you've had many an argument regarding a person's respiratory droplets carrying it. And that is not the case. It is, an air, it is airborne particles that facilitate transmission. And a 0.09 micron virion is not going to be mitigated by a mask, a cloth mask, a surgical mask, and an unfitted N95 and beyond. The evidence is clear. Masks of all types are ineffective and potentially harmful. There's never been an instant during, instance during this pandemic where face coverings were appropriate. We still are waiting for that evidence. You don't use them in the community to mitigate infection or viral spread. The potential harm includes lowering your blood oxygen level, raising CO2, hyperventilating, potentially encouraging cross-contamination or self-contamination. How many times have you seen people touch them and touch other things? Masking diminishes social interactions, causes alienation, encourages conformity. It's even turned sensible people into informants for the authorities, telling on their, their neighbors, telling on their friends. The distancing, the social distancing for healthy individuals intentionally prolongs this pandemic, causing emotional damage and conditions people to be agreeable to such isolation. Masking hides facial cues. For children, for infants, they need those cues to develop. For social, emotional, and speech development, it's important for them to see you, to interact with you. It's evident that it's already caused such irreparable harm since the CDC has revised, for the first time, child development milestones under five years of age due to delays. Masking causes and aggregates cardiovascular aggravates cardiovascular respiratory illnesses. Masking patients in a hospital when they're short of breath just doesn't make sense. A recent peer-reviewed paper by Spira used data from 35 European countries reviewing mortality data from the most critical time, 2020 to 2021, during the pandemic. And this data showed that the measure was unable to reduce COVID-19 transmission. Moreover, positive correlation between the mask usage in the community and the deaths in Western Europe also suggests that universal mask usage may, may have actually been harmful and have unintended consequences. We declare government and medical agencies must be held accountable. Each of these agencies and these companies should be independently scrutinized and held accountable for the damage that they have caused to humanity. This was a fake emergency, draconian measures and unjustified non-scientific lockdowns caused billions to suffer, especially the innocent children of this world. There is no current medical emergency. Failed agency heads and corrupt public health officials, including but not limited to Fauci, Walensky, Becerra, and countless others must be removed from office and held accountable for mismanagement of this pandemic. Illegal, unconstitutional, First Amendment violating Homeland Security 
quote, disinformation agencies must immediately be defunded and disbanded. We must immediately break up the too-big-to-fail federal regulatory-captured health agencies, all pharmaceutical funding of FDA, NIH, and CDC foundations must end, and independent oversight must be instituted. We, as a human race, promise to never again experiment on humanity after grave crimes committed in a war-distant past. The Nuremberg Code should be codified into U.S. federal law and all nations' law. EUA exceptions to common rules should be rescinded. As point one of the Nuremberg Code clearly states, and I recommend that you read all of number one through ten, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent should be so situated as to be able to exercise, exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him or her to make an understanding and enlightened decision. Again, please read all of the Nuremberg Code. We promised to humanity that we would never do this again, and yet here we are. Thank you for taking the time to listen to myself and my colleagues today speaking to you from the heart about what we've observed and what we're recommending as the Global COVID Summit team of over 17,000 physicians and scientists from all over the world. We've been astounded and appalled at what we've observed over the last couple of years, and we have consistently spoken out. Did folks, WSQF, Blink Radio, you can hear this recording over and over again, but that's my general sentiment about these things. So Unfortunately, we looked up. Um, vex, uh, masks across the board were shown to decrease spread. So you just ignored all these doctors. I understand. You no, know, because I, she said there was no evidence, but I, I just quickly looked up and found an academic paper that said mask wearing reduces SARS-CoV-2 transmission. For, uh, for, so we, we have an abstract. We have, we, we have information right here. I understand. So there might have been other is, effects. Uh, Hold on. There might. I let you play a 17-minute video. That, there, was, there, there, no, 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 that was a long video. There might have been other side effects from being enclosed and locked up. All of the time, yes. I've already said there are reasons, and I've contended that these companies have made legislation that says they cannot be held accountable for these things. Yes, you know, but the fact remains that vaccines and masks did have an effect on the spread. If you want to talk about, like, I think perhaps the lockup was outweighing the cost. Perhaps there's a possible conversation. Ooh, there. knock knock! Some 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 coconut water got into your coconut. But masks and vaccines have worked. El agua entró al coco. Whoa! But man, vaccines and masks has worked, and the science that I've looked up and read out here, because this was a study um, done around um, May 31st, 2022, shows that they did. Okay, fair enough. He got his words in. You heard the doctors. You can hear this over and over again. 
Unfortunately, I'm sorry I, I took so such a long time, but it was the doctors, I guess you used the word search engine, global COVID summit, and they all spoke. Uh, for 10 minutes, They, it was a cut and paste video, but look for it under global COVID summit. Take care, my friends, and stay free. And guess what the next song is? Only the computer could have pulled this one on. Run Like Hell, Pink Floyd, 1980. What's up? If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.